Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you, too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, 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 and welcome. I am Tracy Otsuka. Welcome to episode 117 of ADHD for Smartass Women. You know, I haven't done this in a while, but I wanted to read some ADHD for Smartass Women Apple podcast reviews. I just really appreciate those of you who take the time to post a review. Number one, it helps to get the word out so that we're able to help more people. And I know it's called ADHD for Smartass Women, but everyone is welcome to listen and take what they can from this podcast. I am working very hard to be more inclusive. And one of my AOK Everyday Planner students, Shelly Kylo, reached out to me to offer some guidance on ways to do that. Like using terms like partner or spouse instead of boyfriend or husband. And it's hard because we tend to slip back into our old patterns, right? And then with my ADHD brain, you know, this may be my intention, but I forget. And in truth, I would change ADHD for smart-ass women to spell women, W-O-M-X-N, except the search engines would make it impossible to find the podcast. That said, I even have men tell me that they're regular listeners. So bottom line, everyone is welcome. I think life can be hard enough for us, right, with ADHD. I can't imagine having to navigate ADHD, other comorbidities, and then gender or sexual orientation on top of that. And I'm likely not even using those terms correctly. All I know is that we need to be more inclusive. We need to be kinder. We just need to let people live. And in truth, that's part of my religion. So anyway, Shelly sent me this one worksheet, which is all about explaining the differences and how people identify across assigned sex, gender expression, gender identity, and sexual orientation. And so there's this chart where you mark where you fall. So for example, for assigned sex, which is the designation given to you when you were born, women would be on the far left and intersex is in the middle, and then man is on the far right. And so there are all kinds of questions like that. There's another question, for example, for gender expression, which is how you present yourself to others. And again, feminine is on the far left 
and then you've got non-binary androgynous in the middle, and then you have masculine on the far right. And I realized that for me, I'm totally on the far left of every option on this chart, other than the last one, which is uh, sexual orientation. It's who you're attracted to, which I'm on the far right there, which is men rather than women. So since that's my lived experience, it's kind of hard to sometimes understand how anyone else's lived experience can be different, right? But when I look at this chart that Shelley sent me and I really think about it, I mean, ADHD, which is primarily genetic, right? ADHD is on a spectrum. So you have your neurotypicals who have no symptoms, right? And then as you move through the range, you have, you know, very few symptoms. And then you have people in the middle, with some ADHD symptoms or kind of more average amount of ADHD symptoms. And then you have people on the far right with lots and lots of symptoms. And remember, we're talking about the brain here. So why wouldn't gender identity, gender expression, and sexual orientation, why wouldn't that also be on a spectrum? It just makes so much sense to me when I actually pause and take the time to think about it, right? And granted, it's not what I learned, but I've been taught a lot of things that were not based in science, and maybe it's time to pause and start questioning most of it. You know, as humans, we can be so black or white, right? It's one thing or it's the complete opposite. And the truth of the matter is that there's very little in life that is black or white. It's usually somewhere in between. And after all, many of us with ADHD are actually very well built, to kind of buck up and challenge the status quo, right? So to me, I guess bottom line, science matters. And come to think of it, Shelly not only sent me that link, but she sent me a bunch of others. And I'm going to post those in our show notes. So if you two are interested in becoming more inclusive, but you don't know where to start, you can start there, which is where I'm starting, right? And you can find my podcast at tracyoutsuka.com forward slash podcast. And the show links will be attached to this particular episode, number 117 of the podcast. So in true ADHD fashion, I digressed all over the place. Okay, so let me start with what I was going to start with now. I am going to read a few reviews. As I started to say, your reviews really do help in getting the word out. Think about it. If you're in a brand new town and you don't know anyone and you're looking for a place to grab dinner, what's the first thing you do when you're driving around? Well, if you're like me, you look for where all the cars are parked in front, right? And this is no different. So thank you so much for being willing to park your cars right out in front of my podcast by writing those reviews. I so appreciate it. And of course, you know, I always appreciate the gold stars. You know, it's just crazy with this podcast. I consider myself a pretty confident person. I mean, I've built that over the years because I'm very action-oriented And that's how you build confidence, right? It's not like we're either born with confidence or without it. No, confidence is acquired by doing those things, those scary things that you really want to do and just kind of facing fear, you know, head on and moving forward. But it's still as confident as I am. It never fails. Whenever I go out on a little limb, like I'm so excited about a specific podcast, right? I'm doing the research and I just love it. And I'm recording this new podcast and I'm so happy about it. But the minute it's in the can, I'm questioning, oh my gosh, did I go too far? Am I going to get my hat handed to me or am I going to get my smart ass handed to me, right? And last week's podcast is a perfect example. I decided that I wanted to do an episode about ADHD and OCD. 
And I loved it when I was, you know, researching it and recording it. But the minute it was recorded, I'm telling you, once that was done, I was questioning, oh my God, what did I say? Did I overstep? Did I get the science right? And then you kind listeners sent me much more than my normal amount of messages on, you know, the different platforms, Instagram, email, Facebook, Messenger, all of those places. And you thanked me for the episode. You shared your amazing stories. And I got to tell you that that right away just calmed my brain down and made me realize that when I am uncomfortable, it means I'm moving in the right direction. So I just wanted you to know I'm no different than you are. I've just learned how to keep going through the discomfort but it really helps me when I get those gold stars. So thank you so much. Okay, so I'm going to read a podcast review from Missy La F. I hope I didn't massacre that Missy. And the title is Amazing. Aw, this woman is amazing. Her teachings are absolutely profound. I am so intrigued with every lesson she is delivering. It is difficult to put the podcast on stop slash pause. I want to dive into her next lesson. She is evolutionary to this world of ADHD. Thank you, Tracy Otsuka. Gosh, I'm like trying not to tear up, but thank you. That is so very kind. And I'm in the back of my mind thinking, and this is the DMN, which I'm going to teach you about today. I'm thinking, are you sure she's got the right person? (laughs) Okay. The second one is mommy of three. Wow. I am so glad I found this podcast. I just got done listening and crying my eyes out because of the validation she gave me. Thank you so very much. Well, thank you, Mommy of Three. Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking the time to write your review. I feel privileged, right, that I get the opportunity to deliver this podcast every single week. I'm actually recording on a Sunday afternoon and my husband was out in the garden and you probably just heard the door slam. I've been meaning to go out all day and it's now 2.25 p.m. So once this podcast is recorded, I am going outside because I think it's like, I don't know, almost 80 degrees here in uh, Northern California. Okay. And then the last one is from LEH820 and her title is also WOW. I guess it's a It's a good week for me, huh? I've never felt so understood after I listened to just one episode of this podcast. I've had a suspicion my daughter has ADHD and assumed it was from her dad. But as I dug deeper, I thought, I may have it too. After this podcast, I know I definitely have it. And I'm so grateful Tracy was the one to give me the revelation so I could see it as it being my greatest superpower versus it being a disorder. Yeah. I mean, the deal with ADHD is there are some amazing strengths and there's some things that we're not so great at, but whatever. Let's focus on the things we're really good at. Let's make it as much of a superpower as we can. And then she went on to say, I can't recommend this show enough. Thank you, Tracy. Well, thank you, LEH820. And I am so happy that for your daughter, you have discovered that you share ADHD with her as well, because there's something about when we understand our brains and we start loving and appreciating our brains, I'm sorry, it just spills over into our kids. You know, every once in a while, I'll have someone ask me, or they'll tell me, I'm not telling my child that they have ADHD, and I'm not telling anybody, or even if they do tell their child they have ADHD, they won't tell anybody else that their child has ADHD. And oh my gosh, if I was a child, and my parents refuse to talk about my ADHD, I mean, what am I supposed to think, right? That they're ashamed of it. So yes, LEH820, your child is so lucky to have you. 
as um, their parent. Okay, so today I'm finally getting moving here. (laughs) I'm going to do something really different than what I normally do. I'm going to talk to you about the number one concept that I learned this year that I literally mentioned to my students in AOK and to anyone who contacts me who's struggling with rumination, RSD, not feeling good, not feeling good enough, struggling to feel positive emotion. I have literally talked about this concept every single day since December when I first read about it in Dr. Ned Hallowell and Dr. John Rady's new book, ADHD 2.0, which you know, I just cannot rave enough about this book. I I should be getting something for this, but I think what I'm getting from it, which is why I need to talk about it, is all the amazing teaching. Out of all the books on ADHD, this one has been the most eye-opening, the most aha, the most um, able to kind of connect all the pieces to my ADHD puzzle. And I feel like I'm never going to connect them all, but so many pieces that now it makes so much sense. So in order to make real concrete change in our lives, right, we need awareness first about what needs to change. And then we need to understand why we do what we do. Because once we understand that, then we can put the systems in place because we now see what we're doing even clearer because we now know why we're doing it, right? And then we can pause and we can start to make different decisions. So this concept that I'm going to talk about today is literally life-changing. And I've been told this by many people that I've shared it with. So I'm only going to talk about this one concept because I don't want to muddy it up. I don't want to have it be part of several different concepts and then it gets lost. That means that at least that's the plan, that that's all I'm going to talk about today. And it's not a difficult concept. So this episode, I hope, is going to be a lot shorter than my typical podcast episodes. Now, there's some fairly new research around how it is that we get stuck in that loop of negative thoughts, which leads to rumination, something our brains could be so expert at, can't they? RSD and just the dark, brooding, heavy stuff that many of us can get caught up in. Rumination, right? Our ADHD causes us to hyperfocus on the worry so much that at times it can wear a rut in our thinking. That's rumination, right? So what we need is a way to steer ourselves away from the rumination, away from the rut, and if we're stuck in it, a way to get ourselves out of it. So for generations, the best anyone could offer was, sorry, suck it up, pray on it till it goes away, be positive. And that wasn't really helpful advice at all. Well, today, we're finally starting to understand the genetics around how our brain actually works. Epigenetics helps us to understand how our our environment also plays a role. So you may have been born with genes that predispose you to depression, but because you grew up in a loving family and you had a lot of teachers that were really nurturing and they cared about you personally, those genes may never have been expressed. So you go through life and you never experience depression. On the other hand, you cannot have been so lucky and you may have been dealt the short end of the straw. You know, you lost the parent lottery and worse, you were subjected to trauma and abuse. And so those same inherited genes for depression actually did get expressed. Bottom line, in the nature versus nurture argument, it always comes down to both. Good nurture, 
definitely helps to reduce the influence of bad nature and vice versa. Now, even if you weren't lucky enough, you know, to win the parent lottery, epigenetics now teaches us that through neuroplasticity, we can actually change our brain for the better. And, you know, we used to think that once you reach a certain age, the brain's fully developed, it's static, and what you have is what you will always have, right? And we now know that that isn't true, that you can actually change your brain at any age. It's never too late to build a different life, a different relationship, a different brain. So as I mentioned many times, the inherent strengths and weaknesses of our brain, they're basically two sides of the same coin, right? On one hand, we are highly imaginative. We're unbelievably creative. We're entrepreneurial. We're energetic. We're dynamic. But that is what also leads us to be brooders, warriors, ruminators, and subject to addictions and compulsions. We talked all about compulsions last week when I talked about OCD. And of course, it took a conversation with Dr. Ned Hallowell, I adore that man, to explain it to me in such a simple way that it was literally like fireworks going off in my brain. I just got it. And I got part of it when I was reading ADHD 2.0, but I was still like I was overcomplicating it. So I wanted to come here today and make sure that you get this concept too, because as I said, it has literally helped me click in so many pieces of my ADHD puzzle, and I think it will do that for you as well. Okay, so let's start with this. We have these two networks in our brain, and just like our ADHD brains, neither one of those networks is all good or all bad. And this is for all brains. This is not just for our ADHD brains. So the first network is called the TPN or task positive network. And that part of our brain lights up when we're in action, when we're doing things, when we're moving our bodies, when we're researching. And when I say lights up, you can actually see this happening in functional magnetic resonance imaging. They call them FMRIs. (laughs) When you're in the TPN, You're not aware of whether you're happy or not because you're not even thinking about it. You're too busy acting, right? Focusing on what it is that you are interested in. So this is basically when you're in the angel mindset. We're going to call this the angel mindset, the TPN. Now, the reason why so many more people are starting to look so distracted, whether they have ADHD or not, is because as a society, we're spending less and less time in the task-positive network focusing on a single task. And the thing is, the task-positive network, it's like a muscle, right? When you don't use it, you lose it. The task-positive network weakens, and then we lose our ability to focus, and then our attention spans shorten. So we need to spend time in the task-positive network in action rather than just sitting there mindlessly scrolling social media or watching television or, you know, what other thing can we do that is really a waste of time? So once we finish the task or we get distracted from the task, that part of the brain, the TPN, it no longer lights up. And instead, another part of the brain called the default mode network or DMN takes its place and it lights up. Now, the DMN is the seed of the imagination. It's where we make interesting connections. It's where our creativity and all of our ideas live. So there's lots of good there, 
But it is also where the darkness, the brooding, the rumination happens for those of us with ADHD. So we can call it the default mode network, the DMN, or the demon network. In the neurotypical brain, you can click back and forth between the task positive network and the default mode network, and you can do that rather easily. And when the TPN is lit up, the DMN is not, and vice versa. FMRIs show that for the ADHD brain, even when we're in the TPN, that double network can be turned on as well, trying to distract us. So what's going on is that that toggle switch, it's glitchy. And so we can get stuck in the default mode network. This is a malfunction in the imagination. And it's why we often see this confluence between extreme creativity and depressive thought. Like, have you ever been so deep in creating and you're having a great time and you just love what you're doing? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this voice speaks up inside you and it starts to doubt what you're doing. This sucks. You're not very good at this. So-and-so could do this so much better than you. Yeah? You know what I'm talking about? Well, that was you in the task positive network, rudely being interrupted by your default mode network, the demon network. Yeah? So the DMN... Our imagination is also why we have a five to 10 times higher rate of addiction. Many of us have periods where we create amazing things, but then we plummet into despair, right? And we seek relief in drugs, alcohol, and self-destructive activities. We're really familiar, I'm sure you've heard of it, with the term, the tortured artist. Now, creative achievement, however, satisfies the hunger that are of our imaginations, and it keeps us out of destructive behaviors. And it's that same creativity that goes hand in hand with addiction, with depression, with bipolar disorder, and ADHD. And it's all because of that glitchy toggle switch between the angel and the devil network. So between the task positive network and the default mode network. But guess what? There is now a way for us to jump the tracks when we're stuck in the demon network and the default mode network. Look, we are brilliant at distraction, right? But this time what we're going to do is we're going to make a concerted effort to distract ourselves. And that's how we're going to jump that track. So how do we do that? We do it through action. As Ned Hollowell offers, he has a great, um, what's it called? TikTok where he talks about uh, the default mode network and the task positive network. So as Ned Hallowell says, you can either fry an egg or you can dig a hole. The point is, don't worry about being productive. What we're trying to do here is we're trying to distract ourselves so that we can jump the track and get from the default mode network back into the task positive network. We want that part of our brain to light up. And this is why this concept was so huge for me. You know, I'm always talking about the fact that we can spike our own dopamine levels by getting into action, doing that which we fear. What we're doing should ideally be somehow connected to our foundation, which is that sweet spot where our values, our strengths, our skills, talents, passions, and purpose all intersect. So it's helpful, right, that there be intention behind it. But over time, I have learned that I can control my mood as well by jumping into action in this way. But I didn't know why it worked. I just knew it worked. And now I know why it works. It's all about the default mode network and jumping it so that I can get back into the task positive network. So for your purposes, if you're just starting out, it doesn't matter what the action is. Screw trying to be productive. All we want to do 
is just jump those damn tracks, right? So you can do anything you need to do to flip that switch and jump back into the TPN. So like Edward Hallowell suggests and John Rady, you can fry an egg, you can dig a hole. Or you can jump rope, you can scream out loud, you can go into nature, you can pet your dog, you can call a friend, you can jump on your Peloton, you can go lift weights, you can garden. Anything that requires action and gets you out of your head will work. And that is why breathing is so effective. It's impossible to focus on what the DMN is bringing up while you're paying attention to your breathing. And, you know, for years I've been using the four, seven, eight breathing, which is you inhale for four counts, you hold for seven, and then you exhale for eight counts. But in Ned's book and John Rady's book, ADHD 2.0, they mention an interesting form of breathing that I've recently adopted because it's much more involved than what I typically do. And so that means that I really can't be thinking about anything but breathing. And so they call this 6383 breathing. And what you do is you inhale for a count of six, then you hold for a count of three, then you exhale for a count of eight, and then you hold again for a count of three. So I'm going to repeat that again. Six, three, eight, three, breathing. You inhale for a count of six. You hold for a count of three. You exhale for a count of eight. And then you hold for a count of three. And then you repeat. And I think the deal is it's more complicated, so I'm all in. It's that last hold for three, which I'm not used to, that really requires that I focus and that I'm all in. So when you activate the TPN, you shut down the DMN, the default mode network. And the DMN, it's sneaky. So what it's going to try to do is it's going to try to wiggle its way back in. And this is what is unique to the ADHD brain. This doesn't happen in a neurotypical brain. So It wants to wiggle its way back in, but if you jump into focused action by engaging the imagination, by getting into action, you can shut it down. And to me, that is huge. The real point here is you need to focus on anything but yourself. You need to get out of your head. Now, Our ADHD brains, they're just happiest when we're in action and when we're creating. If you're struggling, I want you to think about when was the last time that you were really happy? I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about that. When was the last time that you were really happy? So then ask yourself, what was my creative outlet then? What was I building that held special meaning to me? What was I learning that held special meaning to me? And then I want you to ask yourself, what am I creating right now that holds special meaning for me? Yeah, I thought so. Nothing, right? (laughs) Yeah, our brains are happiest when we are creating. And remember, creativity, it's not just doing something in the fine arts. Our brains are creative they're nonlinear. It's how we put concepts together that your neurotypical brained people cannot, right? They can't do that. It's how we move in the world. It's entrepreneurialism. 
It's learning about something that we're really interested in. It's acting on our fears, moving that thing forward that's really important to us. And of course, it can be music, it can be dance, painting, design, gardening, knitting, anything that we do, meaning anything that requires action. So anything that we do in our own special way that shuts that damn demon down. Damn demon down. What an alliteration. Now, remember when I said that there are good and bad parts to both the TPN and the DMN? Well, you know those people who are super mechanical in the way they follow all the rules? They're punctual to a fault. The bureaucrats, right? They're always doing the perfectly correct thing and at the exact right time. Yeah. Well, guess what? They're stuck in the TPN and they're completely devoid of any imagination at all. You wouldn't want to ever be them. You couldn't be them. They're so boring, right? So I love this TPN DMN concept so much because it really explains um, or answers, I, I should say answers, right? Answers so many questions that I had about why do I do these things? Why do I feel this way? You know, when I was in college, and I've talked about this before, I coined a phrase called post-final depression, You know, I would talk to my friends and we would get so excited about all the plans that we had, all the things we were going to do once finals were done. And finals would be over and they would be so excited. And I would be like, "Uh, is that all there is next? You know, I just could not, like them, revel in this feeling of, oh, I'm done. It was just kind of on to the next thing. Clearly, what was happening was I was in the TPN while I was studying and getting all the work done, and then once I stopped working and finals were over, clearly I slipped right into the DMN. This concept that also explains why so many of us with ADHD, why we've done so many things, right? We know how to do so many things. And many of us think we've done nothing because there may have been no real intention behind what we were doing. So we've done all these things, but they're not connected. So they often don't allow us to progress in our learning, in our income, in the knowledge that we have in a specific area so we can move up and through the ranks. And I think that's why setting up that foundational piece is extra important for us, right? And when I say foundational piece, I'm talking about really knowing what is it that I value? What are my strengths? What are my, you know, passions, purpose, et cetera? You know, we have these brains of interest, but we're interested in so much. And if we chase every little thing that we're interested in because we've discovered that we feel so much better when we're in action in the TPN, we end up with this kind of disjointed list of accomplishments that doesn't really get us to where we want to go. And so we think we've accomplished nothing. Yet it's amazing to me when I actually sit down with a lot of women, you know, the women who tell me that, oh, I haven't done anything. And then we make a list of all the things they've done. And then they look at those things and they're like, wow, I had no idea. But it's because the list of accomplishments tends to be disjointed. So to them, it means so much less, right? So setting up that foundational piece, answering that, what do I do with my life question, this is what I do with my ADHD women using my patented program that I call your ADHD brain is A-OK. Actually, the patented program is cartography, but 
I have built your ADHD brain is A-OK around cortography. We're in the middle of a session right now, but I will be opening enrollment for the next session on June 25th. Also, I decided I'm going to be running my free five days to fall in love with your ADHD brain, and I'm going to start that on June 21st. You know, I receive so many messages every single day that these programs are life-changing. So I hope you'll join me, and you can sign up for either one or both of these programs at Tracy. Otsuka.com. So I would love to know what it is that you think about the default mode network and the task positive network and how you think that it might really help you shut down all of that negative rumination. As always, you're listening to ADHD for smart ass women. If you like this podcast, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too can discover their amazing strengths. And you know, your reviews really help in that regard. For me, they're like those little gold stars we used to get on our work when we were kids. So thank you so much for listening. And look, I went 34 minutes even though I thought this would be a 15-minute podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smart-ass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. Join us at tracyotsuka.com, where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.